0: Welcome to the Wild Abide podcast. I'm your host Olivia Alness. I am so excited to lead you on this journey of shaking off shame, stirring up hope, and running after our dreams together. Let's go! Hey, friend. Before we dive on into today's episode, which is going to be such a treat. I just wanted to tell you about a free resource that I made for you. Whether you are going to be sitting down one-on-one with a friend this week for coffee or maybe hosting a Valentine's Day little brunch, I created a list of 20 fun but deep questions that you can ask your friends to really focus on deepening relationship being intentional, and getting to know your people better. I really believe that when we take the time to ask thoughtful questions and to listen to our people and just explore who they are, we reap so much reward from their life experiences, their quirks, their joys, all the fun stuff in between. So if you want to go download this free little guide, you can go to thewildabide.com slash 20 questions and that is the number two zero questions the link is also found in the show notes and without any more further ado let's get back to today's episode welcome jessica to the wild abide i am so excited to have you here
1: i am so excited to be here i cannot wait for this
0: Before I have you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, I just have to say how I met you because it's super fun. Yes. Uh, We have known each other through the photography world for years. We kind of grew up as like young photographers who were figuring it out, connected through some Facebook groups, um, some mutual friends. And then one day you messaged me and asked if I would model with my boyfriend for a brand shoot.
1: <laughs> yes, and it was so fun. I like your session was one of my favorite sh- sessions that I've ever done, just because y'all were just so happy and so in love, and we just had the best time.
0: <laughs> we were two days before like getting engaged, so we call them our engagement photos.
1: And I love we it so much
0: like use them for. We have them like in our you know apartment and on our wall, and they're like some of our favorite photos of ourselves that like we've ever had. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. So you guys are the best. Yeah. You set the bar really high (laughs) for photographers. We just felt like so awesome walking away. We're like, Oh my goodness, we're cute. And like, we just feel like on top of the world. So I have, um, I love it. Been inspired by you both from a photography standpoint and even just like the way you make people feel is really powerful, but also um, some of the other sides of the ministry you do. So I would love it if you just, yeah, tell our people a little bit about yourself.
1: Yay. Okay. Well, thanks for having me, friend. I am just so excited to be here and so excited about what you are doing with this podcast. Um, so I am Jessica and I am a wedding photographer and videographer um, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. So I have had my business for a handful of years now here and I love it. Um, and I do a little bit of everything. I, um, I love to dabble in all kinds of different projects, but I love to travel on a budget all the time um, when I can. And I love my, my family. They're my people. And um, I just adore them. And I just have a really huge heart for prison ministry and incarceration. Um, and that is a huge part of my life right now.
0: So I want you to tell us a little bit, how did you originally get involved in prison ministry and how long have you been doing it?
1: Okay. So I always like to say that um, the Lord kind of opened the prison doors and then shoved me right on through them <laughs> because um, prison ministry was not on my radar at all. Um, I My life has never come in contact with that world before um, this opportunity. And so It was, um, the summer of 2016 and I was in a pretty broken place at that point in my life. Um, my life was not looking like I thought it was going to look like, you know what I'm saying? And I was hurt by, um, several different things. And so I just started praying that summer for two things. I started praying um that the Lord would get me outside of my comfort zone um because I began to realize that I was really living in a bubble and everybody around me looked like me and thought like me and I wanted to get outside of that bubble. And I also started praying for a mentor, someone who was just a few years ahead of me and um in their in life and in their walk with the Lord and just in all all those things. And so I started praying for those two things and um, a woman who I, I was kind of just an an acquaintance from church. Um, she reached out to me to do a headshot session for her. And so we did headshots and afterwards she just asked me like, Hey, what do you, what do you want to do with your life? Like what, what is the desire and the dreams of your soul? And I told her like, I just, I just want to tell people about Jesus. Like, I just want to like love on people. And, um, and so a few days later, she just texted me and she said, "Hey, do you want to do something crazy?" And I was like, "Um, what's the crazy thing? Like you have to tell me <laughs> before you ask me that question." And um basically, if you if you met this woman, her name's Jane Patton, she is like all in on everything she does, and she's just kind of like, she's just very passionate. And so she's like, we're going to meet with this lady this weekend. We're going to do prison ministry and blah, blah, blah. And she had never done prison ministry before. And so we, we go, we meet with this lady and we get a tour of the prison and we get all all of our tests done and go through the training. And we start going to prison that next January. And that is how I started doing prison ministry. (laughs) It was, it was a crazy thing because, um, God answered both of those those prayers that I had that summer um, in ways that I didn't expect yeah. because he got me outside of my bubble and my comfort zone by taking me to prison. And he also gave me a mentor in Jane. And that's been a huge gift in my life over the past few years.
0: That is so beautiful. Something that I have told a lot to the girls that I mentor and other girls um, in my life who've like been seeking out mentors it's something that actually like I've talked a lot with people about even on social media it's like it's a tension and and there's like so many people who are hungry for mentors but the one of the most effective ways to find them is to get involved in like someone's ministry. Yes. Yes. And I tell that to people who kind of like want to be mentored by me too. I'm like, well, the best way to do that is to show up at youth group Yep. or to show up um, as part of the strip club outreach I run, like to bring people along and, and in that and have that bigger vision. There's something really powerful. I think about that kind of mentoring. So I love that. That's what you found. Yes.
1: And it's always Jane and I always laugh because it, back when I was in high school, I actually had reached out to her and asked her if she would mentor me. And she said, no. Funny, <laughs> And so, cause yeah. she's, she's, she's so funny. I love her, but, um, she's like, I don't, she doesn't love one-on-ones. Like that's just not really her thing. And she said, mm-hmm. no, And, um, and then it turns out that the Lord kind of like reconnected our lives several years down the road, I think at the right time. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but it is, it's one of those things you can't force it. You cannot force it. And I think serving with someone, um, serving with anyone always builds the best kinds of relationships. So I love that.
0: Totally. So in light of that, what ways has prison ministry changed you? I know that's a loaded question. (laughs) With probably a million answers, but what really stands out when you think about the change that has incurred inside of you through prison ministry?
1: Yeah, that is a really weighty question, um, but it's a really good question. And I think, you know, I don't say this lightly when I say that prison has changed every aspect of my life um, because it's changed the the lens with which I view the world, if that makes sense. Um And so, you know, I grew up in a Christian household um, and I grew up, you know, believing in God and and knowing God. Um, But something happened when I started going to prison where I really had to figure out um, it was like the the rubber met the road for me, if that makes any sense, um, where I had to really press into the Lord and figure out, like, is he good? in light of these circumstances? Is he hope in light of these circumstances? Is he sovereign in light of these circumstances? And so when I started going to prison, I was I was pretty ignorant of that world and everything about that. And this huge softening of my heart began to happen inside of me um, because I began to put um, faces and names with stories. Um, and so no longer was the news article just a news article. It was actually somebody I knew In prison and and somebody I knew the names of their children. Do you know what I'm saying? And so something began to shift inside of me when I got to know these girls and their stories and their hearts. Um, And I began to realize that, you know, broken people do broken things. And so all of all of the destruction that we see on the outside comes from a, a bigger heart issue inside of them, and so many of them have experienced so much um, trauma and abuse and, and destruction and brokenness in their own life um, and things that were unjust that happened to them, and then it it came out of them, you know what I'm saying out of that brokenness inside of them. and so um, I just began to learn what it looks like to love people no matter what and what it looks like um, when God says that he loves us in spite of our sin um, and in understanding the magnitude of God's love. Um, And I've been reading in Jeremiah recently and I love um, in Jeremiah 18 Um, God is talking to Jeremiah and he says, arise and go to the potter's house. And there you will hear a word from me. And I think what happened for me when I started going to prison is you can, you can read the Bible, you can hear from God, you can pray all of those things. Right. Um, and, but if you're kind of on the sidelines, if that makes any sense. Um, but what happened to me when I went to prison was I, I got to get up and I got to go and hear from God. Um, and that's where I've experienced God in the most powerful ways is at prison because, um, I've got to see him in the nitty gritty. I got to see him in the lowest of lows. Um, and that has been transformative for my heart and my life, um, in so many different ways. Um, Prison has just been the biggest gift to me because I have been able to um, laugh with these girls and cry with these girls and um, and just mourn over loss and, um, and rejoice over the faithfulness of God with them. And so it has just changed my perspective. It's changed the way that I celebrate holidays. It's changed the way that I... Um, that I plan my life. It's changed the way that I look at people at Walmart. Like it's just, it's changed everything about the way that I see the world. And I couldn't be more grateful for that.
0: Would you just give people like a quick visual of what prison ministry looks like? Like, what does it mean?
1: Yes. So I think that it probably looks very different for every individual only because every prison is run differently. It's very much run by the warden at the prison. And so at the prison that I go to, I work with a ministry that has a program set up already inside of the prison. Um, So I work with a program called Beauty for Ashes. And I go in every Monday um, for a few hours and I teach a Bible study with the girls that are a part of that program. And so basically, um, prison probably isn't, I don't watch a lot of like TV shows and stuff. So I, I'm like, I, but I don't really think it's quite like um, the TV <laughs> shows in <and> the movies <laughs> um, not? and every prison is going to be different. Like a women's prison is going to be very different than a men's mm-hmm. prison. But basically um, we just go to our housing unit and our wing. And then um, on that wing of the prison um, there's kind of like a common area where um, people can like, just hang out and that kind of stuff. Um, and so that is where we have classes in that common area of the prison. And we, um, uh, we just like study the Bible together. We haven't really, we've done a couple different things cause I've been doing this for about three years now. And so, um, uh, we've, we've done a few curriculums and that kind of stuff, but really I, we found that, um, our favorite thing to do is just to go in and talk about God's word and, and talk about, um, talk about how we see the Lord and what that looks like. And, um, and so that's, it's really, it's pretty casual. It's pretty chill. (laughs) Um, and we just hang out and we chat and we pray and, um, you know, we see pictures of their babies and it's just a really sweet gift. It's a really sweet gift.
0: I love it. So one of the funniest things about your life (laughs) is that you are a high end wedding photographer and you are in an industry that has a lot of celebration, yeah. a lot of joy. You're, you are literally capturing, you know, people's happiest days of their entire life. Um, uh, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of excitement and possibility mm-hmm. and hope for the future that's like present in a wedding day. And then you also, like on Mondays after a Saturday of being at a wedding, you, you know, get to sit with people who might not have any hope, mm-hmm. who might be serving a life sentence, yeah. who, you know, are not able to be in their children's lives, like who are going through just some of the hardest, darkest places. Um, and how do you hold that tension of heartache and celebration? I just want to hear a little bit about your process and sometimes a little bit of the whiplash that probably happens,
1: yeah. It's definitely been something that I have had to grow in and learn um, how to carry both of those things at the same mm-hmm. time um, because it is. It's definitely whiplash of going from you know, Saturdays with my sweet couples, and it's so exciting and all I mean, it's it's the best day of someone's life, you know, yeah. or one of the best days of someone's life. and then to go in Monday morning and you know walk into a prison and it's it's some of the hardest moments of someone's life and um, and i think for me um, it's been really important for me to take some time to be quiet with myself and with the Lord, um, because it, it is, it's a little, it's a little much <laughs> to go, um, from Saturday to Monday. And so a lot of times Monday after I leave the prison, like I just need some I just need some time, um, because it's really, really heavy. It's really, really heavy, um, to, to just, to be exposed to that brokenness, um, and, and just to taste a little bit of the, their world. And I am fully aware of the fact that I'm there for a few hours and they're not leaving. Um, And so the heaviness that I experience is like nothing in light of like the heaviness that they're carrying. Um, But I think that, more than anything, this has given you so much perspective, um, on life and on what really matters at the end of the day. And I think, um, I think that God has given us the gift of celebration and the gift of rejoicing and the gift of people coming together and eating and drinking and, and celebrating something good, celebrating a marriage. That's a gift. That's a good thing. And I love the fun, beautiful details of weddings. And I love like the really pretty flowers And you know, I love all those things. I think those, things are beautiful Um, I also love being in the trenches with these women and I also love you know everybody's in there wearing the same thing and everything is stripped away and so I think that uh, one of the most beautiful things about experiencing both of those places is that there is beauty in both of them and that God brings good from both of them Um, but it is sometimes really heavy and sometimes I just have to like step back because um You know, I was telling you a little bit earlier before we started recording, you know, I'm not super, super emotional as a, as a person, um, just in general, but I had been doing, um, prison ministry for a few months. And, um, I remember I was leaving, it was like a training meeting that we had actually at a men's prison, which was the first time I had been in a men's prison. And there was just something about that. I don't know. It was just heavier than women's prison. Um, and I left that place and I was driving home and I just sobbed, like I just wept because um, because it just kind of all hit me at that moment, just the weight of the brokenness and um, just how much felt so out of my control that I really wanted to fix and make right, but I couldn't. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay um, to grieve and I think it's okay to cr- cry. And I think it's okay to feel the joy and the weight of both of those things. And I think that that's probably the most important thing um, is is grieving when things are sad and rejoicing when things are happy. Um, And it's okay to hold both of those things. You don't have to be happy and joyful and like, you know, on cloud nine all the time. Sometimes life sucks (laughs) Mm -hmm. and sometimes life is so broken and it feels like there's no fix and that's okay. Um, and I think that that has been, um, the biggest thing that's helped me hold both of those things is just giving myself, um, the freedom to feel both of those emotions. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I love that. So can we like open up a little can of worms here? Yes. <laughs> Cause I, I want to hit a little bit on privilege and dreaming because you and I are both white middle-class Christian girls in our twenties yeah. who, um, despite hardships that everyone faces, we still have a lot of advantages mm-hmm. and we have um, a lot of things that we have access to
1: mm-hmm.
0: because of our families, because of our parents, because of the color of our skin, even mm-hmm. like going into a world that is not always equal and just. Yeah. And then coming back into the rest of your life where you are, you know, dreaming for your whole future ahead of you, dreaming for your business, setting goals in terms of even finances, Mm -hmm. um, how do you take that equity and justice into account as you dream for your own future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good question and such an important thing for us to talk about um, because it we don't live in a just world, right? Like, no, we aren't all equal. And so um, I think something that the Lord really taught me, especially when I first started doing prison ministry, um, because I really struggled for a long time because I was like, God, how am I supposed to go in and, and tell these girls about what it looks like to um, forgive or what it looks like. I mean, when we first started going there, um, we did, we asked the girls like, what are 10 questions you have about God or life and the Bible and whatever. And the first lesson that I taught there was um, how, how do you forgive someone who's done things that are terrible to children? And I was like, oh gosh, like, I don't know. I mean, like, how do you, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, God, how do I tell these girls about your goodness and your hope and your faithfulness um, when I haven't walked through the same things that they have walked through? Um, and Jane and and the Lord and, and people spoke into my life and really just told me like, hey, just like a physician doesn't have to experience every disease and sickness in order to prescribe treatment. Um it's the same way with god's word like god's word is true regardless and um and so that was really helpful for me um but at the same time the reality that my life is different than other people's life and um that i've had it a lot easier than a lot of people have had um is is just real and it's true and it's right and i think um well it's not right that it's happened but it's it's just a real thing you know yeah. um and so i think it's really important to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I've really realized that like, if I was in the circumstances that a lot of other people have been in, we would be, we would just place, you know what I'm saying? Like I would be the one in prison. Um, And I also think that, you know, with that, with the privilege that comes as being a white middle-class American, Mm -hmm. I have to recognize that. um, And I have to be willing to speak up. And I have to be willing to say the hard things because I'm held accountable before God with how I use my privilege.
0: Amen. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, Like, I'm held accountable for that. God did not put me where he put me for me to just have an easy and comfortable life. Mm -hmm. That was not it. He wasn't like, I love Jessica so much more than I love so-and-so. I just want her life to be so easy and so cush. Like, (laughs) you know, he was like, no, 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 no. Like, I've put all of you where I've put you for a purpose and a reason. And I am held accountable before God for how I use this life and how I use my privilege and how I... I sat in humility and listened to other people. Mm -hmm. Like it's so important for me to understand. And this has been a huge process of the Lord opening my eyes of just like, Hey, you don't know everything. Like you just need to be quiet and listen and listen to people from other perspectives and listen to these girls inside of the prison and listen to their stories. And there's not always an answer. There's not always, you know, like a fix you just need to be quiet and listen. And so, um, I think that, and I think another thing is like, it's really important for us to be generous, um, yeah. with everything in our life, with, with time, with resources, with whatever. Um, because like, yeah, we are small business owners mm-hmm. and of course I want to make money. And of course I want to, you know, I have all those dreams and aspirations, but, um, I think, I don't think making money is wrong
0: Yeah, at I agree. all.
1: And I'm, and money is not the evil. I think it's how we hold it. Mm -hmm. And so if we hold on to those things with clenched fists, then that's not going to get us anywhere. Um, But I think that if we hold our resources and we hold our finances and we hold our time Mm -hmm. and um, we hold our voices with open hands and are willing to use those um, and to speak up for those that don't have a voice, um, I think that is what it looks like to to carry that out well. And I think it it's so much deeper than that too, but, um, I think that's just one way that we can steward that well.
0: One of the things that I loved about what you said was that we don't have to experience shame for having our like privilege. Like yeah. you can acknowledge it, you can own it. I think sometimes like we can feel bad about having a lot that we don't even yeah. let our minds go to wrestle yes with the other side and with all the like hard because we're like oh I feel bad I can't relate like who am I to relate to this so I'm just not gonna try because you might even feel shame about your own lack of real relatability
1: yes yes and I realized there was a a moment when I was in the prison and I was talking um, to one of the girls and And, you know, you work hard on your lessons, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want it to be engaging and, you know, all the things, whatever. Um, But one of the girls told me, she's like, Jess, like, it's not, she's like, we're grateful that you come in and you teach Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. And um, she's like, it's not about that. It's about that you are, that you show up, that you're here every week. Like, she's like, that is what speaks volumes. And I was like, oh you know, like so often it's not about us doing anything to like fix whatever. Like so often, it's just really important for us to be willing to sit and and listen and learn and be in those broken spaces and realize that life isn't all about us, you know? And as much as we would always, nobody's like, life's about me. You know what I'm saying? We live like that a lot of times, you know, we think like that a lot of times. And so, um, that was really eye opening for me. Cause I was like, oh, like the ministry isn't necessarily in, in having the best Bible lesson or whatever, you know, the ministry sometimes is just the presence. It's just being there, you know,
0: 100%. So if there's someone listening to the show right now, who is like feeling a tug on their heart or like that fire burning inside of them um, to do some sort of ministry outside of their comfort zone, maybe it's prison, maybe it's foster care or leading a small group, maybe even for the first time, you know, some people like even just stepping out into that, um, or volunteering with the homeless, like what would you tell them and what do you want them to know?
1: Mm. I was thinking about this and I think that you're never going to regret being obedient to God. You're never going to regret trusting him. You're never going to regret believing him. And so, if you feel like the Lord is calling you to do something, you should do it because it's better that way. Like your life will be better that way. And I think a lot of times we fear things because, um, not because they're actually scary, but because they're unknown. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I remember the first time I walked into prison and you know, it's a little intimidating. (laughs) Never been there before. I was 19 years old and um, I didn't have anything to be afraid of. It was just unknown. It was just new. And so I think it's important to step back and ask yourself the question, why am I afraid to step into this? Why do I, do I believe God? Do I trust him? who I believe that time that he calls me to do something, he's always gone before and led the way. Um, and am I afraid of this because it's actually scary or am I afraid of this because it's new? And if you're afraid of it because it's new, then if you do it a few times, it won't be new anymore. <laughs> right. And so then, you, you know, it changes everything. And so now when I walk into prison, I mean, it's, no big thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a big deal because I know that I don't have to be afraid. And so, um, I would just like really, really encourage you, um, with that truth that like, you are just not going to regret giving it all to the Lord. You are not going to regret stepping into what he has for you. And, um, I have seen more fruit and more healing and more joy and more hope, um, and more satisfaction and contentment in my life when I feel like, um, by the grace of God, He's allowed me to step into something that I believe He's really called me to do. Um, and and I want that for everyone. Like I want yes. everyone to be able to experience that um, because it's such a gift. It is such a gift.
0: I love that. So, a question that's not on our list, but it came to mind as you were talking, is the fact that, you know, you are pretty busy. You literally have six months of the year that are called the busy season. Mm-hmm. and there are, I mean, everyone is so busy in our culture today. How have you prioritized and made time to spend a few hours on a Monday afternoon? And what would you just like say to people who feel like, oh my gosh, I'm too busy to do the ministry or to um, try something new and to get out of that comfort zone?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, And it it has been something that's been kind of hard, um, because I, I lost a work day every week, um, because it's, you know, the prison's like an hour and a half away from me and, you know, it's just all these things. Right. And so, um, but at the same time, I really do believe that the Lord, first of all, that he like helps me make the most of my other days that I have available to work. I think at the end of the day, you have to decide what really matters um, and prioritize your time because I definitely spend plenty of time on Instagram um, and plenty of time doing things that don't matter. And so I think when I fill my life with the things that do matter, um, I just have to make decisions of, hey, um, I, I, I'm I, not going to uh, be able to do this thing that I thought was really important. And and I've had to let go of a little bit of my pride and a little bit of my, um, somewhat type a, like thinking that everything has to be a certain way, um, because it doesn't. And I've also had to outsource things, um, that have helped me have more margin in my life. And so that means hiring people to do things for my business that I don't have time to do. Um, and, that's been the best thing (laughs) because then, you know, there's some things in my business and just in my life in general that only I can do, but there's other things that other people can do. And so, um, outsourcing has been really helpful for me. Um, but you know, I really do believe that at the end of the day, like if the Lord has called you to do something, he will make it work. Yes. Um, and he will stretch your time in ways that you didn't really think possible. I don't think I ever would have been like, yeah, let's just give up one whole workday a week after I'm already working <laughs> on Saturday too. Um, but, but it works, it works just fine. And he gives me the strength um, to do that. And so sometimes when I look back on my schedule, I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but it did. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> And like the Lord brought us through it and, and life ebbs and flows and it has its busy seasons and slower seasons. And- I'm grateful for all of them. Um, but, and I'm also in a unique season of life right now mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I'm single and I don't, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And so when you do have those things going on in your world, your priorities are different. Yeah. Um, I have myself to take care of. And so the beautiful thing about the season of my life is that I can throw myself into so many different things right now. And it might not always look that way and that's okay. Um, but you know, if God's calling you to do something, then he's going to, he's going to make the margin in your life for you to be able to accomplish that.
0: That is so good. Okay, girl, are you ready to go into a little rapid fire section?
1: I'm here for it.
0: Awesome. (laughs) So as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I did not want to be a photographer (laughs) or a business owner, (laughs) Um, but here I am. I think probably when I was a kid, I loved to cook. So I think I wanted to be a chef. I love that. That's so precious.
0: So how is your life today different than what you dreamed it would be in college or like at the end of high school? Because you didn't go to college, correct?
1: Yes, I did not go to college. Um, Man, my life looks wildly different than I thought. I really thought that I was going to be married with like a kid right now, Mm -hmm. which I look back at that and I'm like, I am really grateful that I'm not um, because not because that's a bad thing at all. It's just, I'm just grateful for how the Lord has um, allowed me so many different opportunities in this season of my life. Um, it's, it's just so different, but I think letting go of the expectation of what you think your life is, is supposed to look like, um, has been really helpful for me and it's taken me a long time to get there. Um, but, I'm not married. And that was something that I like really, really thought that I wanted really young and, um, that I thought was going to happen, especially when you're raised in like a Christian culture yeah. and everybody gets married so young and all of those things. And, and that is great. Um, but when that isn't the case for your life, um, what is, what does it look like to be all in it with the Lord and live a really fruitful life? Um, and your singleness. And so that's what I want. I want to live every season of my life really well and, um, and not to look back and regret it. And so, um, I never thought that I would be right here in my life, but I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: So it kind of leads into the next question, which is if you could give your 20 year old self any advice, what would it be?
1: I think kind of what I said before of like, just trust God like just believe him. Um, and I think, yeah, if I could, if I could give myself any advice, I'd just be like, go all in, like be on your knees more, um, trust God with everything inside of you, like anything you can master, like lay it all out, um, because he's trustworthy and because his way is better than any way that you could ever come up with. Like saying yes to the Lord is saying my very best. Yes. And living my very best life. And so, um, I would just like, be like, girl, like you have no idea what the Lord has in store for you. Like, trust him, trust him because he's trustworthy. So
0: good. What is a fun random dream that you
1: have for the future? Oh, Oh, that is a good one. Um, I think, man, if I like everything else aside, responsibilities, like money, all mm-hmm. the things, I think it would be really fun to move to a new city for like six months or a year. Um, and just like immerse myself in that culture and experience every part of it, like the food, the people, um, the communities, because I love to travel. And one of the Biggest reasons why I love to travel is I love to experience like the different culture, even in like inside of America, totally. like all over the country. That's just every every place has a little bit different culture, and so I think I would just like uproot myself and plant myself somewhere for like a year and just like get to know that place um, and then come home. But I think that would be so fun. <laughs> like I just I think it. that that would be such a fun
0: experience. So who knows? Yeah, maybe that'll happen. <laughs> maybe the opportunity will present itself. Yes. That's so fun. Okay. So our last question, where can people find you on the internet?
1: All right. Well, um, I'm most active on the gram. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) if you want to follow me, um, on Instagram, my username is Jessica Lauren photo. Um, and that's where I do my most chatting with the people and I don't know, talking about prison and wedding photography and all the crazy things. Um, And so you can find me there. Um, My website is jessica-lauren.com. And I also have a podcast that's like kind of (laughs) on the sidelines right now. That was one of those things I had to um, go on pause a little bit this year when it was crazy. And I just kind of had to prioritize. Um, But my podcast is Truth Speaks with Jessica Lauren. So you can also catch a few episodes of that as well. Well, thank you
0: so much for coming on the show, for sharing your wisdom and your heart. Like I just appreciate it so much and appreciate everything that you are and you carry. I can't wait for people to listen to this and to get to connect with you.
1: Thanks, friend. It has been such a joy and honor to be here and I'm just really grateful.
0: I just want to wrap up today's episode by saying a huge thank you to Jessica for being willing to have the hard conversations and I hope that it inspired you to get outside your own bubble, whatever that might look like, and to just broaden your perspective on the world, on people, on God. It's going to serve you so well in the long run, my friend. So until next week, you can catch me on the gram. Love to connect, love to chat. And I hope you're encouraged and I hope you have a great week.